In Talk To Me, a group of teenagers experiment with short bursts of invited demonic possession, opening doors that are better left closed. The Australian film is one of the most acclaimed horror movies of 2023. So let's finally check it out. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and talking to me today <laughs> is Tim. I let you in. Never. I mean, I was going to say never say that to me again, but especially never say it to me and then go, ah, after it. Okay? There's just there's some... I'm getting signals that I don't want to be getting. I'm receiving... <laughs> um, yeah, just I don't I don't want it. Okay, welcome everyone. Take it up with HR. This is a horror movie podcast. We get together. We talk about horror movies. October. Doing a bunch of extra episodes. We'll try to hit some of the bigger movies that we haven't gotten to this year. Uh, whilst Tim was on paternity leave, and one of the biggest, absolutely, was Talk to Me, <laughs> which came out I think in July. It went public or wide. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> I had some festivals before that, but. And they got a lot of buzz, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to start spoiler-free, of course, as we always do, and we'll give you a warning before we go into the spoilers. But Talk To Me is a story about a bunch of teenagers. It's an Australian film, and it's... Good day. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually is the perfect time to whip this old uh, photo out of Tim <laughs> hanging out with kangaroos. Uh, the audio listeners can't see this, but just just know that Tim is with some kangaroos on the screen right now. Mm. Uh, believe, uh, good times. <laughs> believe it or not, I did not set that up. I just noticed that when we came on that that photo was still in my scene list from mm-hmm. a long time ago, and I thought, oh, there's a kangaroo in this movie this is perfect yeah. I've got an excuse to whip out the Tim and kangaroo photo would you believe it that those kangaroos were fans of the show <laughs> that's why they crowded me <laughs> oh I would I would yes kangaroos have good taste <laughs> I agree um, so yeah uh, it's about it's about a teenager who goes to a party there's basically like a TikTok trend of one of their like the local high school kids who has this hand this sort of porcelain hand that if you hold it and say talk to me, you'll basically get do like a seance style thing where you'll see a, a ghost or a spirit or a demon, whatever it may be. And there's 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 rules to it, and they're kind of using it as just like a party gimmick more more than anything else. But of course, it's a horror movie; it's going to have consequences, just like using a Ouija board in a Ouija movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that same basic broad idea. Uh, yeah. But you know, we'll get into all the the specifics as we go. Uh, but yeah, uh, that is the basic gist of talk to me. So, uh, I guess I'll just ask the question. I thought I'd, I thought I was going to have to explain more than that, but I think we'll save everything else for spoilers. Uh, Check. Tim. Yes. What did you think of talk to me? Oi, <laughs> it was a bit of a blighter. Um, <laughs> so. I, um, oh, I, you hope, know, I, I hope there's no Australians <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> they know they're messed up. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I wasn't really uh, super looking forward to this. I remember seeing the trailer and thinking like, mm, I, don't, I don't know, like it seems like an interesting concept, but... Uh, I don't know about you. I was kind of worried that this was going to fall in line with like 
I, I don't know if we have like a specific name for it, but like those kind of teen ritual movies, like, you know, what I'm talking about like truth or dare or mm. um, like countdown or like wish upon like any movie where that's usually about like uh, annoying teens that either find a mystical object or do some type of ritual or curse. It, it's usually like, a, you know, I mean, obviously there's good examples of everything, but you know, that, that kind of generic studio movie there's, is usually pretty bad. There's a lot of bad um, examples in the last five or so years. Yeah. So I've done them all on the show. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> uh, so, I, so honestly, like, when I saw the trailer, I, w- I didn't really think much of it. Uh, but then, like you said, it started getting a lot of really good buzz. Like, yeah, I was hitting festivals and, and people were having a lot of positive things. Um, and then, yeah, um, uh, I think it was one, actually, I, I was contemplating trying to get, get to the theater for, but unfortunately, I just couldn't make it happen. But uh, again, yeah, it, it had been getting a lot of, like, you know, really good buzz and reviews. Um so yeah, I kind of you know, <laughs> I, I I guess I kind of had high expectations going into this, but part of me did still think like, all right, maybe I will be the contrarian person that didn't like it. But uh, honestly, I gotta say, I I do agree with a lot of the positivity. Uh, I thought it was a a pretty well done movie, um, you know, especially for you know this is a the god damn it cat <laughs> this is a you know a de- debut feature from uh I, I forget the name of the directors but you know this is like their their first movie which it's i think a pair you know, of brothers i believe oh there you go uh but yeah i mean i thought it was pretty impressive uh, i think it especially stands out in you know this year where uh you know i was kind of mentioning it before in one of the reviews but the, we've been getting a lot of movies that are just kind of okay or fine like it hasn't been like a horrible year but there hasn't been a ton of standouts especially you know original standouts like this is a, a pretty heavy franchise year if you actually think about it um a lot, a lot of sequels but uh yeah um i mean we had scream six which was kind of the first big one of the year that, that yeah. started things off and yeah the evil dead was not you know too far after and mm-hmm. then you know, uh, in the summer, you had, like, Insidious, and then, um, you know, going into Halloween season, we have Saw and Exorcist, and... Uh, yeah. Which we won't get course, to until probably yeah. January now, <laughs> because we've not had a chance to go to the theater for it, but, yeah, it's yeah. been a very, very sequel-heavy year. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought this uh, actually stood out. I, I really like the premise. Again, I think, it, you know, it's just a very interesting idea, the whole thing with the hand. I like that it has rules to it. Um you know, I, I again, I was worried, you know, that the teens were just going to be kind of cookie cutter, annoying, shitty teens. And don't get me wrong. They definitely do annoying stuff. But like, um, you know, I, I thought the the lead character, Mia, I thought that actress did a really good job. And I, I you know, I thought her character was, uh, you know, really well done. And then even like, you know, some of the shitty teens, I thought, oh, OK, they're not as annoying. Like they like they're annoying, but in a more believable way and less like annoying studio way than I was, uh, you know, uh, kind of fearing. Um and yeah, and there's, you know, a couple like standout, like pretty brutal scenes. But I mean, otherwise, I think it's a, a movie that has a lot of, a, you know, a, you know, a lot of tension. And then there is, uh, you know, I got to take a side. You know, there is like some you know stuff about grief and trauma. But, you know, <laughs> this is an example of it actually being well done. Like, it, you know, it fits the story and actually molds the characters. Uh, so, yeah, pretty positive on this movie. It's not to say that it's perfect. You know, there's definitely, you know, some nitpicks and, you know, stuff we can get into here. But uh, otherwise, uh I was, uh, you know, I, I was impressed. I thought it was pretty solid. I'm just laughing at you. Like, oh, I was pretty good, but that damn subtext keeps getting in the way of my movies. Too much subtext <laughs> in my films. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I liked it quite a bit. I, I think the... 
I think what impressed me right from the get-go is how down-to-earth and likable a lot of the characters were. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately Mia and her friend Jade <laughs> and Jade's little brother Riley, like, they all bounced off each other. Even uh, J- uh, Jade and Riley's mum, like, she was, like, a likable character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she had this kind of running thing early on where it was basically, like, she just kind of knew what teenagers were up to and just accused them mm-hmm. of it in a very direct way that was actually quite endearing and funny. Um, yeah. so, and it makes it all, when bad stuff starts to happen and stuff goes bad, it, it really land, lands quite hard because like, wait, these were all likable people who were very fun mm-hmm. with each other. And now all of a sudden they're starting to be mad at each other and it made you feel uncomfortable because, oh, this was all good before. And now I feel yeah. bad because it's, it's, it's sad and it's angry and it's all these <laughs> other things. Um, and some of the sequences do get quite good. They, they don't overstuff the movie with these sort of more horror-filled sequences, but the ones that are there are pretty memorable. Uh, mm-hmm. Two in particular stand out to me. Um, mm-hmm. I think, the, yes, there is allegories <coughs> in the film. There is obviously speaking about certain things, uh, grief and trauma being some of them. <laughs> uh, but there's a little bit more to it than that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think the ending's one that kind of we'll have a little you know discussion on because i think it is mm-hmm. i mean it's clear what happened but it's open to some interpretation as to exactly what all of it meant and i yeah. think you know we can get into some of that which is cool uh but i found myself really engrossed in caring about the story pretty much the entire yeah. time mm-hmm. and when things take the dark turn and there's a very it's a very obvious like if you've seen the movie you know exactly the scene we're talking about where it takes a turn um <laughs> I think from that point on, there was always this, like, heavy tension and heavy, mm-hmm. like, like you feel kind of suffocated by the mood that the movie's given you. And it feels so strong, I think, because it does such a good job setting up all the characters before that point, mm-hmm. where all of it kind of works in a way that, yeah, you, you, it still does things that certain other supernatural, you know, cursed movies do, but this is just a good example of like if you make the characters engaging you make me care about what's going on then and you yeah obviously there's also just film the spooky stuff well and have it be mm-hmm. fun and in the moment itself but if you care about what's going on like that carries so much of the weight and i do actually think it's very well directed i think it's got a really good strong balance between mm-hmm. like the emotional stuff the heart of the film and then also the scary stuff it's actually very impressive for a pair of brothers who, I, as I understand it, had only done YouTube shorts before this. So, Ugh, YouTubers. <laughs> so it's very impressive. Honestly, even from like ten minutes in, I was thinking this is putting like a lot of mainstream movies to shame. Like I'm thinking of like <laughs> uh, the most recent example, maybe it's not quite the exact same thing, but like I was thinking of the Boogeyman, and I was like, just how much better the characters are in this versus mm. the Boogeyman, and how much I cared about what was going on compared to that. Uh, it's funny you bring the boogeyman up because uh, it's going to bring me to maybe my biggest complaint, which is actually <gasps> the same complaint I kind of have about the boogeyman. Isn't it weird that... There was a lot more complaints about the boogeyman, though. Come on, that's well, not... Th- there's more, yeah, but yeah. the my main one is that you have a movie called The Boogeyman, and you don't even play that boogeyman song, and then this movie, <laughs> Talk Shut To Me, up. you don't play Talk To Me. At, at any point in it? Come on, like, that's such a missed opportunity. 
I mean, I don't even know what song you're talking about, Tim, so I, I don't feel the... Well, like, Boogeyman's like, you know, Boogeyman, Boogeyman, <laughs> no, <laughs> turn me on. Talk and then, you know, talk to me. It's like, talk to me like lovers do. <laughs> do you think that would have been tonally appropriate for the movie, Tim? I be honest so. now. No, no. <laughs> you know it wouldn't be. <laughs> just because a I think movie... it should have played anytime someone grabbed the hand. <laughs> just, just because a movie happens to have a title that may also match a song title does not mean that the song should be in the movie. You're just setting the audience up for, <laughs> for something that doesn't deliver. That's, I've never heard of this song, Tim. I'll send you a, a, um, a YouTube link <laughs> for it, and then. You can listen to it. I'll wipe my ass with it. That's how little I care about this time. <laughs> you can't wipe your ass with a song. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> I'll print out. I'll print out the sheet music and wipe my ass with that. There you go. That's how you do it. It's a good song, and I think you should play it in the intro <laughs> to this episode. Are you familiar with copyright, Tim? <laughs> I thought that all got thrown out the window once uh, Winnie the Pooh <laughs> became <laughs> public property. <laughs> No, it's just Winnie the Pooh. Everything else is still copyright. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the first version of Mickey Mouse is going public domain soon, I think. So that'll be up for grabs, but... I agree. I can't wait for the, like, five horror movies <laughs> that come out that day. I, I think you're being optimistic, thinking it's only going to be five. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a good one, just because all the Mickey... Oh, not the Mickey, sorry. Just because all the Winnie the Pooh ones seem to be shit. And I say seem to be because I've not actually suffered through any of them. Which, Tim, at some point we're going to have to, like, do I mean, one of them, right? It's it's notable enough that, yeah, I think we are. And it's streaming on Peacock now, so it's like, you know, we have that deal with Peacock, so we, we are kind of, you know, contracted to, to do it. What? <laughs> <laughs> what deal with Peacock? Why why have we got a deal with the shitty one? What, what's happening? Actually, Peacock's pretty good. I think uh, you'd be surprised. Um, okay. Okay. I probably watch Peacock more than I do Netflix. Sorry. <laughs> I wonder if Talk to Me is on Stan in Australia. Do you know what Stan is? I mean, that's a uh, is it a network or a streaming service or? It, it was basically. I think they have Netflix now, but for a long time, mm -hmm. when everyone else had Netflix, they had Stan <laughs> instead. Was it just like some guy that came over your house and gave you movies? <laughs> hey, it's Stan. Oh, I, know. I, I, I believe it was a streaming <laughs> yeah, service. Fight club. <laughs> the, the two facts I know about Australia, other than the things that everyone knows, like say kangaroos exist, uh, <laughs> is that they have Stan and they have, instead of Burger King, it's called Hungry yeah, Jacks. Hungry Jacks, yes. yes. <laughs> That's wild. What a confusing place. Like, do they really hate royalty in Australia or something? So like, no, we can't call a <laughs> fast food chain Burger King here. Ah. <sighs> Uh, will they ever learn that silly, silly country <laughs> slash continent? <laughs> what do you mean slash continent? They're not alone in the continent. They've got New Zealand and maybe a few other of islands course. that I, I'm not unaware of. But Yeah, but well, we don't care about them. <laughs> uh, Tim, stop upsetting entire populations, please. <laughs> Trying to cure, uh, create controversy. I, I, I heard controversy creates cash from somewhere. I mean, we can try, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what do you think of uh, 
No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring up an example. I was gonna. I was just gonna say, what do you think about some controversial topic? I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Uh, some people might think some of our some of the scores we give out are controversial. Sometimes I don't know. Aye, uh, some of yours maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've, I've questioned some of your dodgy scores before. <laughs> need to do an audit. Need to do a Tim ratings mm. audit. Okay, I'll 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 gladly die for my scores. I don't <laughs> <laughs> if it comes to that. <laughs> oh dear. Um. So, uh, the movie's very good. Uh, <laughs> very creepy. It's very much a character story. It's a character story for Mia. Uh, but all the characters around her are all pretty well developed as well, I thought, and all lend themselves yeah. to her story quite well. So, um, yeah, it's very good. I, I think, it, you, know, it, it, you know, it's an A24 horror movie, and I think it fits that mm-hmm. bill. I think you have an expectation when you see A24 at the start oh, of sure. a movie. And I think it, yeah, it fits in there with your your Ari Aster movies and it fits in there mm-hmm. with your uh your witch the witch was the Eggers yeah. Yeah. yeah the Eggers movies yeah uh so I guess we've got some some new blood in the A24 mm-hmm. horror horror repertoire we, we welcome them to the table yes the high table <laughs> that's a John Wick reference I don't know why I'm making John Wick reference oh. <laughs> um yes so I maybe mean, we should just quite spoilers then because I feel like we're kind of dancing sure. around everything because you know like a lot happens and I, I don't want to talk about yeah. any of it until spoilers. So that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know if anyone's listening and, and hasn't watched it yet, you know, what are you doing? Go down and watch it. It's we we already told you it's, it's quite good. Um, and some surprising stuff happens, so you don't want to be spoiled about that, do you? Come on, treat yourself. Yeah you know shovel out that you know 5.99 and just give it a little bit tim just like coming back and hearing how you're killing time until i return to the the command I'm center people they should watch the movie oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need to learn how to vamp tim you need to vamp with some mm. some panache uh, i i just i have too many bad memories of vamping gone wrong that i can't I can't go back to that life. <laughs> Why do I get the feeling that you're ignoring the context and the meaning that I'm using for the word vamp and you're just thinking about sucking blood out of people's necks? <laughs> hey, we, we all do crazy things in college. You know? uh, okay. Okay. All right. So I did watch the uh, the first uh, Buffy the Vampire movie today, so I got a... Buffy the I Vampire? Gotta... Not Slayer? Just Buffy the Vampire? That's a very different film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was the Australian version. It's a, it a little different. <laughs> oh dear, I, audience, just be glad that I can't even pretend to do an Australian accent because I probably would be whipping it out if I could, but I can't. So it's uh, <laughs> it's staying caged. If I didn't do it during <laughs> Wolf Creek all those years ago, I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, better than Wolf Creek. Hmm bold stance but yes i will uh i will agree that you know what um you know australian horror movie i did enjoy i think i watched for the first first time a few months ago was uh road games i thought that was a pretty good good one road games yeah i think it's called road games 
I feel like I've seen this. I'm just struggling to remember what it is. It's with, uh, it's with, uh, what's her face? Uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Stacey Keats. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. rear window, but in a truck on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. That's a great little movie. That, is mm-hmm. that Australian? I thought it was. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it's set in Australia. Maybe it is in Australia. But, like, Stacey Keats and Jamie Lee Curtis are not Australian, which is why I guess I never mm-hmm. thought about it being Australian. But that's a, that's a good point. If it's, set in a specific country but it's made by people from another country then who like what country do you give credit to the movie it's basically which country financed the making of the movie because okay lots of american movies are set in different places tim (laughs) but you don't question that they're american movies (laughs) okay well interesting (laughs) <laughs> interesting so, uh, <laughs> do you have any idea how many TV shows are shot in Canada Tim <laughs> please please don't ruin the illusion for me I, I as far as I'm concerned X-Files is the, the most American show that's ever been made I don't know if that was shot in Canada it, it was it was, it was, was a very it? Canadian production I don't think you know that I think you're just saying that <laughs> look it up there's a tell in your face that you're just making shit up for the sake of it. Mm. Well, uh, we'll have to look it up at some point. <laughs> I don't think I will. Uh, so okay. let's get into spoilers then <laughs> for Talk To Me from this point on. So the movie opens with like a tease of the violence that's going to come. Because obviously it takes mm-hmm. a little bit to get to the, the main chunk of the violence later on. So... It's maybe a smart idea of like, okay, people are here to see a horror movie, and even though we're going to be a bit more thoughtful and we're more of a character horror movie, you know, we want to give people a taste of the like the type of horror they're going to maybe get later on. So, uh, in the uh, restaurant business, we call this an appetizer. <laughs> You're not in the restaurant business, Tim. Yeah, I worked at Pizza Hut for four years in high school. <laughs> ah, like twenty years ago. <laughs> so then it never leaves you you know once you're part of the team you never stop in fact it probably is about 20 years. I, I said that thinking i was like overshooting it but it actually probably is close that's to about yeah. yeah yeah oh you're old tim if you're you, old if you put some dough in front of me i i would still know how to make a stuffed crust for you <laughs> for some reason i heard that as money like if you put some dough in front of me i'll make you a stuffed crust Oh, yeah, I mean, that's what I meant. I'm not going to do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so the open scene. Uh, the <laughs> So we follow this character uh, to who's there to pick up his brother because his brother is clearly, like, he's got, like, marks all over his back. He's clearly been hurt. And the end of this scene is that this, this brother character stabs his older brother and then stabs himself in the eye. <laughs> and it's, like, this very quick, sharp, sudden, like, bit of violence and it just kind of get okay pushing the mood we see kind of the 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 end game of what might happen to some of the characters mm-hmm. in this and gets us rolling uh before we're introduced to mia and we're introduced to the fact that she's mm-hmm. got a very disconnected relationship with her dad ever since the death of her mother two years ago where her mother died by at least at this point in the movie she thinks accidentally taking too many sleeping pills mm-hmm. obviously it's it, i mean it's, it's quite clear throughout the movie that it was probably an intentional suicide but it's something that mm-hmm. she's just not been told and is refusing to maybe consider the possibility because it's too mm-hmm. painful to you know take in yeah 
So it sets up that she's kind of disconnected with him, but she's very close with um, her friend Jade. If, in fact, her friend Jade's little brother Riley calls her to come and pick her up because Jade forgets to pick her up. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like one of the, the first things that happens in the movie. And it's like, I, I, I don't think I know like anyone who's so close, at least at that age, with their friend's siblings that their sibling would call them to come and oh, get sure. them. Yeah. You know, that, that's like a very close relationship. And throughout the film, they, they talk about how and sometimes it's a positive thing sometimes it's a negative thing when they're mad at her but they kind of talk about how she's kind of become a part of their family she's kind of wormed her way in and sometimes they say as if it's like a really good thing it's like hey you're part of this family and they're very like connected to it but in other times people talk about her being clingy and how she's like forced her way into the family and she's this burden as mm-hmm. being this extra like tag along but that's very much the the characters we get but the way that she bounces off jay the way she bounces off riley it's all very natural, even though the mum, like, they all have less good chemistry where they're bouncing lines back and forth between them. They're very mm-hmm. likable. Yeah, I think that's one thing that I was kind of impressed with is, like, even when you have characters that aren't necessarily, you know, being nice to each other, like, you know, the sister to the brother, or, like, you know, later on we meet, you know, some, uh, I guess, maybe more cooler or, like, popular kids, but, like, no one ever feels like a fake, like, over-the-top, like, oh, like, you know, they would never you know one person would never talk to another one that way or oh they would never be friends or or whatever like uh it, it all feels i don't know like very natural and believable even when yeah like you know they're not being like you know completely nice or whatever with each other yeah for sure um i um i just i, I thought it was a really good build up to the you know, because when things go down, right, and like they, they go to this party, and it's actually Mia's idea to go to this thing, because they keep showing this thing on TikTok, where they, uh, like, people are, seem to be getting possessed, right? That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And she wants to go and see if it's real. And Jade's very sceptical. She doesn't think it's real. She thinks the guys that run it, who go to their school, it's not like, these are some strangers. This is people they know. Yeah. She thinks, oh, it's just some hoax. They're just faking it, and it's like, no, but she wants to go and find out. And one one of the conversations that makes you realize kind of the weird chemistry that, that like Jade's mum has with her is like, mm-hmm. uh, you're about to sneak out. That's why you're asking me if I'm going to bed. And she's like, I'm not sneaking out. It's like you're about to sneak out, aren't you? It's like, <laughs> what? I'm just I'm not. You're going to see your boyfriend, aren't you? Like, no, I'm not. Like, just lock the door when you leave. Like, it's it's a really yeah. fucked sort of like like I'm going to give you shit because I'm your mother, but ultimately I'm just going to accept that you're going to do it. So just be safe about it and you know yeah sort of thing I, I thought it was very endearing I, I thought it worked really well um but when they go to the party and you get this context for like people don't seem to like mia the main character that much mm-hmm. so the other characters there kind of talk about her like hey why did you bring her she's this clingy person who's kind of weird um mm-hmm. she's she's very different to to everyone else uh they also establish a history with her and jade's boyfriend daniel they say that mm-hmm. well they're kind of just joking around and she's joking about like stealing daniel away from her uh mm-hmm. but they have a history where they held hands once so she refers to him as her ex-boyfriend but that's mm-hmm. not really doesn't really seem to be true it's just kind of what it is yeah uh, but it also establishes that daniel and jade's relationship is kind of strained because it's not really mm-hmm. progressed anywhere they've been together for like months and they're still not kissed never mind anything <laughs> else so you know entries is all this stuff it, very naturally it, it all comes out quite uh just comfortably in the scene uh so but anyway they're at this like sort of mm-hmm. gathering it's not quite it's, it's a party but it's not like a huge party 
And it's like, okay. And did you mention that the little brother is tagging along too? And the little brother comes along. He wants to come. And notably, Jade doesn't want to bring him, but Mia says, go on, why not? Uh, which is also kind of a sad foreshadowing of later events in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the first thing that came to my mind at a certain point in this movie was a certain scene in Hereditary. Because it has oh, the same, sure, yeah. <laughs> it has the same kind of gut punch of like this fear immediately of oh god, like, and this is what I was saying earlier about mm-hmm. everyone feeling like they were so nice to each other and they all have this great chemistry. Is that when something happens to the brother, I was like, oh no, I'm just tense because, like, people are going to have to find out what's happened to him, and like yeah. this is <laughs> this happened on your watch. This is horrific. So yeah, like yeah, that stuff was really gnarly. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that. We have to talk about this first. Yes. <laughs> Talk to the hand segment, which yeah. it's so, really frivolous when you phrase it that way, but go on. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, like, let's like talk about what the actual, like, I guess kind of ritual or, or whatever it is. So you have uh, this hand, which, yeah, it's like a, it's pretty cool looking like, you know, it's like kind of like a, a, a dead person's hand and it's in this, you know, kind of curved position and it has like markings and stuff all over it. And so, um, I like that we never really, you know, get too much info on what it is, but we just kind of get enough of that, like, urban legendy kind of lore uh, behind it, which is that it's like, you know, uh, they say it's a psychic's arm, um, you know, which is why, like, you know, it was someone that could commune with the dead, which is why when you touch it, you know, you can see dead people. Um, and you know, so basically how, how it works is, you know, they set up the hand and then uh, you you know, grasp it and then, um, you light a candle and then, uh, when you, when you touch it, like you see a ghost and then, uh, you say, talk to me, which I guess, uh, like you could probably like just talk to the thing and be fine without actually having to invite it in. Right. Yeah. Like, they, say, they say, talk to me first and then they see the ghost mm-hmm. and then they say, I let you in and that allows mm-hmm. them to possess them. Yeah. So like, I, I guess like the big question is like, why would anyone ever do this? Like they kind of hint at it that like it feels good. Like I'm guessing it gives you some kind of high or something, which even though it seems like usually it's yeah, kind of horrific, but it seems like they get a rush out of it. And because, uh, uh, you know, they really emphasize this 90 second rule that you can't go longer mm-hmm. than 90 seconds or they'll never want to leave kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and the ending is just basically take the hand away from the person who's possessed and then blow out the candle and that. Mm-hmm. that closes the door and of course because they established that rule and Mia's up first here she's the first mm-hmm. one we properly see it becomes this thing where obviously that rule's going to break here she's going to like mm-hmm. you know they can't get the thing out of her hand and she, it's only like five seconds over but mm-hmm. it is over and it's like okay that broke rules so therefore there has to be consequences and there is there is absolutely mm-hmm. consequences as the movie goes on um I think a big thing here is they do treat it like it's, it's hard not to look at this thing as some kind of like really intense drug because mm-hmm. it feels like the way they do it, the way that they all want to do it and the way that Mia wants to do it again and the idea that the younger kids want to be involved and they're saying, no, you shouldn't, but then she eventually mm-hmm. gives in. It all feels like it's an analogy for um, not, not even just like the idea of like drug addiction, but the idea of turning to that because you can't deal mm-hmm. with like the real thing that you should be confronting you know she, she doesn't want to talk to her dad she wants to avoid her dad she wants to avoid mm-hmm. stuff with her mom you know and dealing with that grief so she's drawn to this because that fills that void effectively yeah 
Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, well, one of the details I really liked here, just across all of these scenes, is that mm-hmm. when Mia does it, you see the ghost as soon as she sees it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or demon or whatever it is, right? Pret- pretending to be a ghost. Mm-hmm. And then when she gets possessed, you see all the, the crazy shit from her perspective, and it's all, all this stuff's happening. Later on, when they're doing it again at Jade's house, because Daniel wants to do mm-hmm. it, and then it becomes like a lot of them doing it uh, in a montage, mm-hmm. you never see what he sees. You only mm-hmm. see like what he's doing. You never actually see what he's actually looking at or anything. And I thought that made it kind of cool because it was like, well, we already have a good example for what it's like for the person doing it. But the idea that we're only ever going to see it from Mia's perspective and therefore all these other ones, when they're doing it, all we see is the person and what they're doing. And is that creepy? Yeah. Is that real? And it, it's like, it's kind of interesting because because we've seen it from her perspective, we know it's real, we know they're there, and we know the thing's happening, but because we're not actually seeing it, it gives it that air of mystery of, like, what are they actually mm-hmm. reacting to, and it's making them this scared, or making them this freaked out, or making them this whatever it may be in the moment. So, yeah, yeah I thought that was really effective choice from a filmmaking perspective. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's like a lot of you know horror stuff uh you know it, it tends to be a little creepier if you don't show it like um you know I, I thought some of the designs and the looks of the ghosts were cool but um i i do think you know less is more uh, in this case like you know it, it's not the kind of movie where you know you, like you want tons of ghosts like you know when rotting corpses and stuff running around like yeah it, it can be just as effective as just yeah seeing the kids uh you know freaking out and stuff yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, this is a very intense thing where she's scared at first, but then she like makes the choice to hold the the hand again. And this time, she sort of like works up the courage, looks at it in the eye, says, "Let you know, I let you in." And she does get possessed, and she's kind of looking around, and she's making noises, and you know, it gets kind of intense. Uh, with her, uh, I can't even remember what she does exactly when she's possessed here. In this particular uh, so- scene. I think, you know, she does some kind of like, at first I think it seems like maybe a little bit of choking and then kind of laughing. And then um, I actually thought this was really creepy. She seems to focus on like the little brother and she says something like, oh, they like you or like something along those lines. Yeah, which is also a hint for like where the movie's going later. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's, and the, 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 they tend to have like the big pupils as well when they get possessed, mm-hmm. like their eyes always seem to change into something uh so that looks really good in the moment as well it's all very effective and it's like it's kind of creepy for her and it's obviously they're all kind of scared when they can't get her to let go Mm -hmm. but once she does come back and she kind of laughs it off and sort of acts like oh no that was an experience that was something she's Mm -hmm. glad she did um Mm -hmm. it it does kind of like the allegory for for the like the extreme drug taking definitely feels like it's coming in there um so and it it does kind of feel like like I said, like avoiding like real issues. They never actually go into mm-hmm. it too much. It's only just kind of implied and they don't, never give you like a straight full answer for it. But Daniel mm-hmm. wants to do it next, right? And that's why they set up the next time they all do it. Mm-hmm. And it's heavily implied that, like I said, him and Jade's relationship is strained because it's not really progressing. And it seems like Jade wants to go further, wants to kiss, mm-hmm. wants to maybe not have sex yet. Maybe she does, but they do some stuff. Mm-hmm he's kind of the one holding it back because he's like kind of christian and he's kind of like you know being very standoffish about it 
it does kind of feel like maybe the thing he's like hiding from like i, I was kind of wondering if maybe he was gay or, or if not then certainly oh, interesting yeah or maybe if he's not gay then but that would certainly fit in with this idea of like that's mm-hmm. the thing he can't face especially if he does come from like a very christian family maybe it's something he feels he can't like accept or admit or anything like that and yeah. that's why he wants to you know run away in the same way that Mia's running away from dealing with the grief of and like the, the stress with her dad and like confronting mm-hmm. her mother's suicide maybe he's running away from that uh, truth uh, and sure enough the first thing that happens when he gets possessed is he looks right at jade and says you know he doesn't like you you make him <laughs> soft and that's where yeah. i was maybe thinking oh maybe they're, they're going for something there um that said though there is like maybe a little bit of chemistry with him and mia later on so maybe that's not the case you know i might just be reading into it too much there maybe it's just that he doesn't really maybe he's in this relationship because he's like i don't want this to go anywhere (laughs) which obviously is not very fair to jade but uh again maybe that's like the point of stress that's making him need this release need to connect to the undead kind of thing also you know it's very possible that the you know <laughs> the dead people are just messing with them or with oh her, absolutely you know? um I, I do kind of feel bad like for what happens to him next uh with like the dog and stuff because i'm like oh man that like just think about how embarrassing that would be as a high schooler like oh like especially if people are taking you know videos and stuff with their phone like it'd be hard to live down oh for sure um yeah, because that's the thing, they're recording all of these, and his one is particularly, like, like bad. Like, obviously, there's the bit at the start where he talks to Jade, but then he, like, starts... It sounds like he's masturbating. He's not touching himself, because they always tie them to the chair, because they, they get, you know, yeah. violent or dangerous. So he starts, like, just sort of moaning like he's having an orgasm, and then he, like, sort of falls... The chair falls over to the side, and he basically starts humping the floor and making orgasm noises, and then Jade's dog walks up and starts licking his face, and he starts licking the dog. So he basically starts making out with the dog. Yeah. Like that, that's basically what that's, he's doing. Um, like it, it was definitely kind of an uncomfortable scene, but I gotta admit, I was relieved because I was expecting you know him to do something bad with the dog, like he was gonna uh, yeah. snap its neck or throw it against the wall. Like, like all right, he just made out with it. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's better than <laughs> killing it or something. And the dog started it, so it was, in a sense, it was consensual. <laughs> that's true. That's true. If anything, it was him that was not consenting. Yeah. It was the demon in the body that was was doing right. the consent. Um, yeah, it's quite disgusting. And I, I was like, oh man, the actor committed to this because that's the yeah. like he he just had to do this. He had to just yeah. sort of lick the dog's tongue, and I can't imagine that was pleasant. So. Ugh. Fair play, fair play. But it, obviously, once he like wakes up and he's like not possessed anymore, he's like begging for them to delete the video because it's like you know this is super embarrassing. This is just going to be humili- humiliating. And it's at this point where you're thinking, why would anyone else want to do this now? Like, yeah, if if this is the sort of thing that you might do, like why would you? But I, I guess that kind of stands in for someone who's on like some like an extreme drug is like, what yeah. are you going to act like? Are you going to do something embarrassing, or is it not? you know like that that kind of ties in with that so yeah uh that's all good uh so we get like a montage and they're all just doing it and it, it feels like they're making light of it it does feel like they're all just taking turns taking a drug effectively by taking mm-hmm. turns getting possessed and they're having fun with it and ultimately um like the riley the little brother wants to do it right so does his friend who's also there at this point and <laughs> 
like Jade's like, uh, no way, you're not doing it. End of story. Like she's being the responsible big sister, and she's saying, no, under no circumstance are you doing this. And she's like, you're not even like eighteen yet. How can you boss me around? And she's like, you're not even fifteen yet. You're not doing this. <laughs> um, and then Jade leaves to go do something, and Riley turns to me and says, please, can I do it? And I'm like, okay. The two things that were sprang in my mind here, <sighs> right, is one obviously yeah. that awful feeling like oh no she's going to say yes she's going to give in and let's let him do it and it's not her choice to make she's not Mm -hmm. the person who's responsible for him and that is going to really really feel bad right when this goes wrong but Mm -hmm. secondly it does show just how much of like a family member she feels like to him because he's Mm -hmm. asking her permission like that that tells you a lot about how close she is with this family Mm-hmm. Um, we, we sort of glossed over a couple of things before this scene that we should probably mention is that after the first time he was quite freaked out and scared and he wanted to like mm-hmm. spend the night in his sister's room and she said oh, no yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mia happened to be spending the night uh, sleeping in the living room so he comes in there and says hey can I like hang out with you because I'm freaked out and she says sure and they sort of like talk to each other a little bit and like bond and she talks about her mum's uh, death a bit and it's just basically it's setting up kind of like the uh the thing and even before this like when they're driving home we didn't mention this scene either they mm-hmm. encounter a, an injured kangaroo oh, on the right, road right. Yeah. and it's crying out in pain and they sort of come to this conclusion we should probably put it out of its misery it's probably it's too hard to be saved mm-hmm. and it's just in pain maybe we should put it out of its misery and their method for doing that is going to be to just run over it you know run over the mm-hmm. head and and kill it but mia can't go through with it and she just drives off and he's like wait we can't leave it like that though can we and she's like oh someone else will come like there'll be another car soon mm-hmm. it won't take too long and that yeah. it, it kind of moves on from there obviously this all comes back up later like what this scene mm-hmm. sets up is the idea of putting something out of its misery when it's in too much pain uh this is used ca- kind of as a almost like a false lesson from the, the ghosts mm-hmm. or the demons later on but yeah, <laughs> um, I'm mentioning all this though because Riley and Mia's relationship is is well established by this point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we've seen them hang out, we've seen them you know sleep in the the the, the fold out bed next to each other, mm-hmm. not, not in a creepy way. Like it's all you know, it all feels fine. Yeah, it feels very like uh, family. Not yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it's all very well established. So your heart's kind of sinking. Like I, this is probably like, I was enjoying the movie up until this point because the characters felt so mm-hmm. real and so down to earth and so likable for the most part. Other yeah, than the I, shitty ones who were meant to be a bit shitty, but they felt real shitty as opposed to, like you said earlier, like movie yeah. shitty. Yeah, and I, I think it's like interesting to point out too, like, you know, um, I actually enjoyed these scenes, like, even though they're, you know, like, there was never really any point in the movie where I'm like, oh, come on, let's get to the horror, let's get to the hand. Like, because the characters were so well done, like, these scenes actually, like, it felt okay to live in them. Like, it, it never felt like, you know, you're checking your watch and we're like, all right, let's move it along here. It's like, oh, no, this is, like, actually doing a pretty good job of making me, like, interested in feeling for the characters here, which, you know, ultimately just <laughs> makes it more, you know, tragic uh, for what what's about to happen. Um, also, I, I, I don't know if you were thinking this, too, but, you know, since, like, the first, um, you know, with Mia's first, uh, you know, round with a hand or whatever, since, you know, she ends up going a little bit over, like, at every point, in the you know pretty much every scene with her from that point on in the movie i kept wondering like okay is she possessed now since like they went over or 
Like, is there something that's going to be messing with her? Um, well, yeah. uh, the scene where she's she's sleeping next to, to Riley, there's like a moment just before the end mm-hmm. of the scene where like a hand comes down and touches mm-hmm. Riley, like a, like a demonic hand. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thinking, like, the reason why it was even able to do that is because there's, still, there's like a connection to this world through her because she went <laughs> over in time. So yeah, I, I was thinking like, the, like I was already thinking that she was going to be seeing things, uh, you know, and she does like later on she sees stuff in her bedroom and things that are separate when she's not using the hand and i think it's because there's still just a connection between her and this yeah. world or the ghost that she's contacted because she you know she she went over the time limit you know she went over the 90 seconds yeah. like you said it's interesting though because it's not like it doesn't ever really become like a full-on possession movie like it's not like you know she's all of a sudden like this you know walking ghost or or whatever but um, it makes me wonder, though, like, you know, to jump back to the, the scene where, you know, we're at the, the party and Riley is asking her to go up, like, you know, it kind of makes me wonder if maybe she had more of a, a clear head or, or something, if that hadn't happened with her previously, if she would maybe be a little more responsible and be like, no, I don't think you should. Or if maybe her little lack of responsibility is, I don't know, maybe her being a little touched by the ghost or something. I, I don't know. I see what you're saying. I think I like it more, though, if this is just her mistake. Like, if this is just her giving yeah, in. That's, you know, yeah. I, I think that's a little bit more powerful to me. Because, I mean, again, like, the, the start of the driving scene, before they get to the kangaroo, they're having a great time. They're singing to a song in the car together, and, like, they're clearly good mm-hmm. friends. Like, there is very much a a, a family bond between them. Uh, so, it's good stuff. And, you know, even, like, between the, their mum and Mia, like, she like hugs her and like you know she talks about mm-hmm. uh you know it being the anniversary of her mother's death and all that stuff and like she's bonding with her she's clearly close to all the family members which yeah. again is why this feels so bad because i'm like oh my god the mum is going to hate you after this like oh my god the yeah. sister's <laughs> probably going to hate you too but the mum is going to hate you well the, yeah it's like you're saying before how you know she kind of <sighs> Yeah, it feels like a bad, bad version of saying it, but like, you know, warmed her way into the family. But like, you know, like that's actually like a good thing when things are going well, because it's like, hey, we love you. You're part of the family. But then, yeah, if something happens like what's about to happen and it goes bad, then it's like, yeah, she's just going to utterly despise you and like not even be able to look at you. And it's just going to make it, you know, hurt that much worse. (laughs) Yeah, she's suddenly the outsider because she made a mistake. It's a pretty big mistake. Don't get me wrong. This is this yeah. is pretty up there in the level of mistakes. So, but it's it's hard not to imagine this is like you know handing a kid like some crystal meth or something, you know, and seeing what happens. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like you know, or not even like something as extreme as like it could just be like you're at a party with you know a younger sibling and they want to try a beer for the first yeah, time. Just or alcohol, something. Even, and, yeah, just alcohol, even. Yeah, like yeah, yeah like and. And yeah, yeah, and, the, and then they're drunk and they run with scissors and what happens? You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it, it's very much that because you know his way of talking her down is like, hey, what if it's just fifty seconds for me? But of course, when he goes under and he starts, um, you know, talking, it and this is I'm going to say it's pretending immediately because I, I never believe it's really her mum. Like I think it is me just, too, yeah. it's just the demons just trying to like mess with her and get her to well, control her and do what she do what they want kind of thing uh actually i was gonna say something but then i was like mm, well I, I guess i was gonna say um yeah i kind of wonder if any of these are actual p- 
people or if they are because they they feel more like demony than like actual people. Yeah. But then I guess the ending kind of makes think us assume the ending. And there's one other. There's only one like ghost, if you will, in the whole movie that I think might mm-hmm. be a real person. And it's quite late okay. on as well, and we'll talk about that there. But yeah, otherwise, I think they're all either they're all demons, or if they are actual ghosts, then they're ghosts that have been so messed up since they died that they've they've that went makes sense too. They've just, yeah, they've, like they've, they've, yeah, they've yeah. went corrupt, and they're just as demented as any of the demons are. <laughs> but you know, when he goes under, he starts talking as if he's Mia's mum, Mia's dead mum, <laughs> and Mia starts asking questions, and she gets really emotional. And the 50 seconds hits, and she's like, no, 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 I'm talking to my mom. Don't you dare wake him up. And she wants to keep talking to him. And because she keeps talking to him, and it goes over the 90 seconds, then things get really bad. Then Riley starts banging his own head into the table, like viciously to the point where there's blood flowing out of his forehead, and, you know, it's running down his face. It's a really brutal moment. And then it looks like he's trying to like take out his own eyeball with his hand. He's just he's going like this. That, like, yeah, holy shit! That, like, like, really made me like, oh, tense up. <laughs> yeah, that was really bad. And this was where I'm like, oh, this is this is like that. I mean, I won't spoil it just in case you've not seen Hereditary, but it's like that scene yeah. in Hereditary where all of a sudden things have just went very very bad in a way that I didn't predict. I didn't think it yeah. to go to eleven like this immediately, and it worked really well yeah. because of that. I think. You know, it's one of the, maybe one of the few movies that we've watched this year that I actually do kind of wish I saw it in theater because, yeah, similar to like when I saw Hereditary in theaters, like it was kind of interesting having that moment like with a group of people and everyone just being like, so like, you know, shocked. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I, I'm interesting, uh, interested to see how that would have played with a crowd, but uh, uh eerily, eerie silence we could hear a pin drop if i remember yeah. hereditary in the theater correctly i think that was the vibe <laughs> absolutely uh so now i you know i was kind of making fun of like earlier about like oh like another movie about like you know grief and trauma and everything but uh, i actually think this movie utilizes it really well because um you know like you need a reason for you know like uh, mia to you know mess up but like you know like you don't want her just to mess up because she's you know just doing something stupid or whatever like there's a very specific reason which is a very like understandable reason you know like she's so affected by you know the loss of her mother and as an audience member you know you're watching this going like oh crap like i i know she's like you know she needs this she wants to talk to her mother so badly but we have like a very literal, you know, ticking clock situation and going on. And I think a good point here as well is that she's literally ta- used this hand herself and saw dead people mm-hmm. in front of her. So she has a relatively good reason to think that this is really her mum she's talking to. This is not like she's... Yeah, definitely. She's not just went to a medium who's like saying, hey, mm-hmm. I'm talking to your dead relative. Like she's seen yeah. things <laughs> that make her think this may actually really be hard. Now we're, as the audience... I was very kind of like skeptical that it was actually her. I believed it was supernatural. I believed that there was, you know, a force talking through the Mm -hmm. kid. But like, you know, basically she's been used as a tool. But anyway, Dylan gets up from the chair after they, like, you know, because, you know, Mia jumps in and grabs his hand and pulls his hand away to try and stop him from ripping out his eyeball. And then he jumps (laughs) over and he's whacking his head on the edge of a table. And this is when Jade, like, hears the commotion and runs in because she'd left the room. Uh, feeling upset about even being asked to let him do it and she sees him banging his head off this other table the cabinet at the side of the room 
and it's clear that the next hit is going to kill him. Like he's about yeah. to like kill himself with this next headbutt, and Jade jumps in and just puts her hand and like where his head would go, <laughs> and it obviously hurts her hand like hell. Yeah, but it saves like his life potentially <laughs> by doing so, which was a nice moment because obviously up until this point she's she's had a very like I hate my little brother, go away, stop pestering me kind of attitude. But this is the sort of thing where she has been responsible. She said no to the request, and now she's jumped in and put herself in harm's way to save him. So it's like, no, no, she clearly cares about her little brother. She clearly is being responsible about it. She's just, she's a sister with a brother. She's she's gonna, you know, yeah. be a bitch about him. <laughs> and uh, I forget if we mentioned this or uh, I don't remember if the movie tells us this yet, but the. Basically, the reason why they want to kill him is because if they die with the spirit in you, then they can, like, own you. They'll keep your soul forever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's something that definitely comes up a bit more later when you sort of realize that they, they kind of want um, the kid to die. They want him mm-hmm. to, you know, Riley to die because if, they, if he dies, he gets to keep him. And there's that moment later on where they... Where, where Mia uses the hand again to try and talk. And this was the only other time where I thought maybe there was a real ghost was the little girl because she didn't feel malicious. Oh, right. That's right, yeah. Uh, she felt like she was just kind of helping. But mm-hmm. she basically sh- shows Mia what's happening to Riley because Riley's not really there right now. The body's, you know, possessed with a demon or whatever. Um, and, it, and actually, I thought this was the second most shocking scene in the movie was mm-hmm. this visual of like just yeah. all these like demons or and when i say demons they, they, they kind of just look, look like people who are like really like dirty and covered in like blood and dirt and stuff but it's all these people who are just ripping at them almost like they're zombies ripping at a body that they're eating uh, but it's more yeah. metaphorical and literal and the you know riley's just screaming and it's like yeah. this is what's happening to him right now he's been ripped apart in hell and i thought yeah. like actually visualizing that the way they did was like holy shit like okay like <laughs> the stakes of this movie are about saving him now like you know yeah. obviously the movie's going to throw some curveballs as to how it tackles that but that's what the movie's about after a certain point it's about saving this child who's innocent mm-hmm. who they made likable they made us sure that we knew that everyone around him cared about him and it's like that's what this is about now it's mm-hmm. saving him from being tortured in hell which is yeah. a little hell raiser when you think about it but it's uh it's, 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 it's good stuff like it, the stakes felt high and yeah. basically after he injures himself and he looks terrible like you know when you see him in the oh. hospital and he's like he's all swollen and bruised yeah. and they set up this thing where every time he comes to he just tries to kill himself again yeah you know there's that, that scene where uh, jade's like you know washing his upper body in the shower and he wakes up and bites her and then starts oh. banging his head into the tiles and it's like yeah damn he needs to be saved <laughs> like someone needs to do something and that's where all the other plot with mia over this second half of the movie comes into it yeah and it's a really interesting idea because all right so these demons you know want to kill this boy but for the most part he's you know at, at this point now trapped and comatose in, in this hospital so there's really not much they can do except for you know the brief instances where he comes to but it's an interesting idea that you know the demons or whatever they kind of have this other in with mia where it's like okay well if we can't make him kill himself we can manipulate her enough you know that she'll want to kill him for us so it actually becomes a really interesting you know idea where uh to see like 
you know the manipulation of the ghost like it's I don't know, it's very like well done like and i feel like very unique because you know well, it goes back like, to the uh the kangaroo doesn't it because they, they say mm-hmm. he needs to be put out of his misery there's no saving him yeah you have to put him out mm-hmm. of his misery or he's going to be tortured in hell but of course she's forgetting mm-hmm. that no if he dies while he's possessed they get to keep mm-hmm. him forever so yeah. you can see like what they're trying to do here with manipulating her it's yeah and it, it just feels like very it's very interesting to me to see like I don't know, like very smart ghosts, you know, that are like thinking ahead and stuff versus a lot of, you know, again, to compare it to, you know, worse examples of this kind of movie, like you would just have ghosts that just feel very brainless that just jump out at you for scares or whatever. Everything's just kind of random, whereas here it feels like there's like an aim, there's a direction in mind. Yeah, like they're trying to accomplish something, which is just really uh, cool and interesting. Well, it lets you understand it better. It lets you understand the logic to a point. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't have to understand every detail, but you get the vibe of what they're going for. Mm -hmm. And like everything with Mia after this point where the mom, uh, you know, where Riley and uh, Mm -hmm. Jade's mom like tells her to never show up or she'll call the police. But, you know, that hits hard because of how friendly they were earlier in the movie. And it makes her even more vulnerable. So... The stuff where she sees the ghost she saw the first time she used the hand in her bedroom, and this is after uh, Daniel, Jade's boyfriend, is spending the night at hers because he's scared to go home because he'll have to explain to his parents what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he, so they're, they're, they're doing the tops and tails sleeping arrangement in the bed, mm-hmm. and she, and I thought this was a great little subtle thing. It's like, see when you're like next to someone you kind of like, and you want mm-hmm. to like just initiate touch, but like an innocent way. So you just sort mm-hmm. of like make sure your leg kind of just touches the side of their leg, right? You just make sure mm-hmm. there's some contact being made to see how the person, well, in this case, he's asleep. But I mean, again, she's literally just touching her toe next to his, like, <laughs> you know, his like head or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it felt very natural to me because it brought me back to being a teenager and sitting next to someone in the movie theater. You kind of like, sure. and you're like, oh, I'm just going to like just reach my arm out just a little bit, just so there's a little bit of contact, just so yeah. that, see how they feel about it, you know. <laughs> um, but then, of course, she sees the ghost of the, the first one she saw when she did the hand thing. And it's a really great shot where this ghost comes out of the corner and starts crawling towards the bed. And then the ghost starts sucking on Daniel's toes. But then when Daniel wakes up and we see what's really happening, and it's, I think you can predict this, that it's just going to be her sucking his toes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still a hell of a visual. And naturally, he's pretty freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what the hell, Mia? You're sucking my toes. <laughs> so uh, I actually kind of thought, like... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, like... Uh, this is i wouldn't say this is the most intense part of the movie but it might be the most creepiest for me like again Mm. it's really well directed like seeing the the ghost slowly come out of the shadows and um yeah there's something that's like kind of scary about uh like you're saying like you kind of get the sense that yeah it's gonna be mia that's sucking her, her toes but at the same time there's like this helplessness because she's yelling at daniel to wake up but she can't do anything because like she's kind of like disembodied or, or whatever you know like yeah uh so it's uh very well done the you know, creepy scene and i appreciate after this point where it's like okay because because the uh so the ghost appearing to be her mom kind of appears around here as well and mm-hmm. tells her that riley needs help right and mm-hmm. if and that's maybe to convince the audience that maybe this is the real mom because she's telling her to save Riley. But then of course mm-hmm. it turns out to be no you're going to save Riley by killing him so like obviously yeah <laughs> but after that, like, they all meet up together, like, 
the the kids meet up again along with the two that had the hand the ones that were you know the two asshats who who were perpetrating all this and they all sort of talk about okay where did the hand come from what can we do about it and you know they theorize like they heard that it was the hand of a medium that was cut off and like mm-hmm. you know coated in porcelain but they don't really know they're just kind of mm-hmm. you know spitballing but they find the guy that gave it to him is actually the guy who killed himself at the start of the movie he was using it like they were and then he said that you know he says that he started seeing ghosts even when he wasn't using the hand which as we see is happening to me at this point so mm-hmm. we already feel some tension because we know how his story ended so now we're starting yeah. to feel worried that uh Mia's going down the same path and she kind of does like Mia almost kills someone and then instead kills herself at the end which is kind of exactly what happens in the opening but um they, they, I, I like this because this was a little bit you know it's a little bit um Nightmare on Elm Street or it follows but like okay can we do something to try and solve this problem so they try and find the brother or the guy because he survived the brother gets stabbed at the start did survive and they try and talk to him he doesn't really want to talk but he kind of opens up a little bit um Mia gets the idea that what if we just try and make Riley do it again, but this time we make sure we blow out the candle because she thinks maybe we didn't blow out the candle. And I thought, this feels wrong because the candle would just naturally go out at some point. And I think that that's probably true and that this is kind of just them grasping at something, especially since Mm. Riley can't speak. He's in a coma, right? Uh, So that's when she does the thing where she talks to the little girl ghost and she sees the horrible vision of Riley being tortured and consumed by demons in hell, uh, which was a great visual and says all that stuff up. But I, I, yeah. I, you know, I think each part of the movie had something different for me. That the opening mm-hmm. was the great character work where they were all had good chemistry, and then it starts to get into the the nitty gritty of it, and we get the big turn where the really bad stuff happens and it's really shocking. And then you've got this part where the characters are being proactive about trying to solve it, and then you get to the last chunk of the movie, which is the real heady stuff where she's properly being manipulated and you think she may actually kill the kid and that's where the yeah. tension comes from in the last like you know 20 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever uh really yeah. good stuff and uh, I, I think it's the the brother character that basically tells them like listen like all you have to do is give it time like you know each time the you know demons appear like they get weaker and weaker and eventually mm. they'll just leave like th- that's basically the solution for the brother like which you know if you want to, you know, you fit it in with an addiction or, you know, drug narrative or, or, or whatever. Even, or know. even grief, you know, time, over time, sure, yeah. you, you get better, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But obviously her grief is reignited because she, her dad actually opens up and reads the suicide letter mm-hmm. to her. And it's quite quickly after that that she sees a demon pretending to be her father attacking her mm-hmm. and she's fighting back. And then when the real dad comes in, and she swings the scissors at him. She stabs her real dad in the neck with the scissors. And yeah. I'm like, holy shit, did she just kill him? And it turns out she didn't. It turns out he's still alive. When Jade goes to the house later, he's still actually sitting there with, like, he's got, like, a T-shirt or something, like, pressed up against his neck. So yeah. he does actually survive, and we see, seems to be at the end that he did actually make mm-hmm. it to the hospital and, and get help, which is good, you know? Um, but uh, the, she she's basically convinced at this point to go to the hospital and you know set dylan free by killing him and or so, dylan riley sorry it's dylan riley riley um and that's like really it's like a really tense thing because she calls jade and jade was mad at her at first but kind of did soften up and forgive her and it's like mm-hmm. oh, you know we said some things but hey like uh, you know you're there we're trying to help him let's get through this 
even the mum like has a scene yeah. like uh with her where she's like hey like you know i said some things because i was mad and i thought you gave my son something but you know they did a toxicology like he's he's clean you know he had no drugs in his system so i'm sorry i thought that about you and it's like oh shit they're they're starting to forgive her like all those awful things where they were really negative towards her in the aftermath like right after something happened to riley all of that is fading relatively quite quickly where they're like no we're sorry you really are like a daughter to me you really are like a sister to me you really are a big sister to riley like you know we should yeah be here for him he'd appreciate it like it's all mending and it makes her heart even more that we know she's starting to think of, that she has to yeah. kill him and we know that that's coming from a bad place so when she tricks jade by calling her and telling her to go to your house and then it reveals that she's already at the hospital that mia's already at the hospital basically she gets she gets jade out the way so that riley's unprotected and then goes in to see him and that's when she runs into the mother and the mother's nice to her the mother apologizes for for speaking so mean to her and being so harsh it's 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 very good. It's 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 like because you feel it makes you feel even worse about what she's there to do, and then she pulls yeah. out the scissors that she's got in her back pocket and she's going to kill him, and it's yeah, it's real, it's real nail biting stuff. It's, yeah, it's very. I mean, the, this really feels like a tragedy because you, like you're saying, like the character work at the beginning is very strong, so you really you know come to like this character, and uh, and again, I think. I don't know if this actress has done much else, but I thought she was terrific. Like she was, did a really good job. So like, again, it just, you know, helps make it, you know, uh, very endearing to the character. So then, you know, by the time all this stuff starts going down, it is just like, um, you know, watching a Greek tragedy or, or, or something where it's just like, they're making every single like bad mistake that they could make. And as an audience, like, you're just like, no, like, don't do this, please. Yeah. I, I think, one of the effective things is that what I was saying there about how all these relationships were healing, all these things that seemed like they were broken after Riley's like incident, it felt like they were never going to mend, but they are starting to mend, and that goes into the whole, over time, the ghost sh- stops showing up, over time, yeah. the grief will dissipate and the things will mend. Um, mm-hmm. I think the fact that yeah. even, even even with Jade, like after the whole toe-sucking thing, and like they have to bring that up, <laughs> because it's like, hey, she was doing this weird thing because she was possessed, and of course, Jade gets a little freaked out. It's like, what do you mean you were sleeping next to her? Like, you know, she gets, <laughs> you know, and she thinks that, you know, they cheated on her, that she thinks that they yeah. had sex. But even after that, she starts to trust me again. And it's like, even after all, like, after all the shit that gets thrown to them, it seems like those relationships will mend. Mm-hmm. So it feels like there's a tangible, like, future and good relationships <laughs> that Mia will have with these people if she doesn't succumb to what's happening. Um, but the sad thing and, is, and maybe part of the tragedy, is that she ends up killing herself to save Riley, but that also mm-hmm. means that she's killed herself and the grief has won. You know, the grief has yeah. led to another suicide, even though in the context of the movie, she's doing it for kind of a good reason, because she's basically given herself up so that Riley won't, um, you know, be mm-hmm. stuck in hell. And now she's yeah. actually stuck as a ghost, being the one who's been let in and talking to the people holding the hand. <laughs> so... Yeah, the like the real tragedy is just that like, yeah, if she had just stopped using the hand, that then this probably all would have, you know, she would have stopped seeing the ghosts eventually and stuff. But yeah, because she is so hung up on her grief and the possibility yeah, of seeing I, her mother, like she it, can't stop. 
Is it after the dad confit? No, no, it must have been right before that. Uh, there's this, so the scene where she brings the hand out and uses it without anyone else around, which, by the way, really yeah. bad idea because there's no one to take you out of it. And she oh, just absolutely. like <laughs> she basically just lets her ghost mother hug her, and it's like, yeah. And obviously, I'm thinking that's not really her, so this is really creepy. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you've got that scene, and it feels like at that point, yeah, obviously the 90 second rule there definitely just was shattered. <laughs> Like it yeah. never. I mean, obviously she let go of the hand at some point, but it mm. never w- went away. They never. She never blew out the candle. It, it was that was it. Like she's completely taken at this point, and that's the really sad thing. If you go with the metaphor of grief and like the the, the trauma mm. and like, is that it's a point of no return where she's let it in so much that there's no way she can actually overcome it now, and that's yeah. kind of what you know the, what the ninety second. I, I think I read someone put it as a. The 90-second rule is like, okay, grief's something you have to go through. It's something you have to face, but you can't hold on to it forever. You have to let it go. And that's kind of what the 90-second rule represents, is that you have to let it go. So she's not letting it go. She's she's (laughs) going in the deep end, um, but she is able to sort of take control and Mm -hmm. kill herself instead of Riley. Because she's she's got Riley in a wheelchair at the end of this movie, and she's going to toss him out of traffic, which... The... The... Sorry. I, 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 that's all right. I, I was just going to joke and say I kind of wanted to see it, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the other thing I, I, I was going to say is to me it did feel maybe like a little bit of a I, I mean I, I could be wrong about this, but it, it did seem to me like a little bit of a stretch that she was it seemed like very easily able to like just get her out of this you know uh, out of the hospital bed and then basically just kind of like leave without you know anyone really noticing or anything sure um, yeah that's but, fair i mean whatever it, it's not like a a huge you know thing I, that I, ruins I, much of the movie or anything i think at that point you just just like that'll just get in the way of telling the story so we're not right, going to yeah, explain yeah. how she does it we're just you know she's just she's outside she's got him in a wheelchair mm-hmm. um and i love J- jade's running after and screaming for her to stop you know kind of thing yeah i really love how uh how they show like the ending to like, yeah, you have, uh, obviously it's very tense at this point. You know, it's like, Oh, is Jade going to make it? Is she going to save him in time? Is she going to throw him in traffic? And then, uh, I love kind of yet the way they decide to show it where, yeah, she's like kind of standing in front of traffic and then it just cuts to like this shot from inside this random car with these people that, yeah, Yeah. you you have no idea who they are. And they're driving all of a sudden, like this body, you know, falls into the road. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, and then you see Jade standing in the road, but she looks all injured, like she's got like scrapes mm. all down her face. And I think quite quickly the audience probably do realize that, hey, this is yeah. this is her walking around as a ghost now. She's dead. And then mm. she just walks through darkness until she sees someone holding their hand out and they say, talk mm-hmm. to me. And she realizes she's now on the other side. She's one of the people who has been consumed by the grief and now she's stuck on this side of the hand. Mm. So I think it's a very sad ending, like especially yeah. even... You know, just to back up a little bit before that, like she's in the hospital and this is this, uh, kind after, of this, is, this is after she's died. She's walking through after, after she's died. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is it, it's kind of like a weirdly sweet scene, but also like extremely like sad uh, for Mia. But like, you know, she sees, um, you know, like Jane's family and like the brother kind of like, you know, they're healing and they're, you know, able to leave the hospital. So it's nice that they get a happy ending. And, and he looks much better also, as well. Like, you know, Riley's yeah. in- injuries seem to have mostly healed by this point. Yeah. 
Um, and so and it, it also kind of makes it interesting that it seems like it, it, you know, it's kind of playing like with time and stuff. Uh, mm. And then like, you know, she also sees her dad there, which is kind of like, oh, that's nice that, you know, he's uh, looks like, you know, he made it. Although... Yeah, but now he's both his wife and daughter have both committed suicide. I can't imagine oh, he's yeah. in a good mental space right now. Oh, no, absolutely. I don't I have no idea how he's going to live the rest of his life. But um, but then it's very sad, though. He's walking to the elevator and she's rushing towards him. And as yeah, she's going, it gets darker and darker. Which until... is especially sad because she like never like had a moment with him. Like She, she sort of kept him at yeah. arm's length the whole movie. <laughs> and the first time in the whole movie, she's actually like going towards him and wants to connect with him. It's after she's already dead and it's too late and the door's shut. She yeah. never gets a chance to. She missed her chance. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a tragedy. You're right. <laughs> and then, but then, like, yeah, like you said, it ends with, uh, yeah, someone else is doing the hand now. I think it was like in like, like Greece or something like that. Um, yeah, it was a different so, language. It was uh, Greece or that may be right. I was thinking Danish in my head, but I, I may just be pulling that out of mass. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it, that's kind of a, uh, a nice little little way to end it. You know, it's a very well done movie, and it's a very tight movie as well. It's only ninety four minutes. It's not, you know, like I, I love the Ari Aster stuff, but that's that's not pretend that he doesn't like a long two and a half hour runtime <laughs> to do his stuff. You uh, know? I am, uh, I'm not looking forward to <laughs> Bo is Afraid. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I, I've heard like mixed things about it in general, but like, is that horror? I think it's kind of horror, right? Uh, it it seems like horror adjacent. Like I, okay. maybe it's not I, a it, it episode. Like, then I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> depends. We've got on, other stuff to do. It, We've got other yeah. things to get to in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, just... I agree. That no, it's a very tight movie. It's paced very well. Like yeah, there's. I mean, yeah, obviously the you know the runtime is good, but like yeah, there's uh, really I never. Uh, at any point that I feel like bored or anything and it uses all of its like er, er, all the conversations the characters have in those first 20-30 minutes like all of it's setting something up all of it's like establishing yeah. how they're related to each other how they feel about each other even poking fun at like uh, mm-hmm. Mia joking that she's going to steal Daniel from, uh, from yeah. Jade and saying hey I, you know he can come if he can touch my gooch I think was the line <laughs> uh, and they're joking around even that's kind of like foreshadowing something later like so much of it foreshadows unfortunate decisions or enhances those decisions later by making them feel much worse because of how much likable chemistry they all have early on it's a really well told movie uh and i I completely get why i was getting a lot of praise uh because i was worried you know because sometimes you know like the empty man got a lot of buzz and i (laughs) freaking hated that thing it was trash uh no i mean I, i was thinking the same thing going in like um you know, like just because uh, we can point to plenty of examples of like horror movies that are you know quote unquote popular, but it doesn't mean that they're good. Mm-hmm. You know, or or whenever like someone's like, oh, oh. the scariest movie of the year, I kind of roll my eyes. Like, sure, yeah. Oh, Smile was the other. That was the other one that we really didn't like. That the mass populace seemed to love for some reason. Yeah, that's that's a very <laughs> that's a very good example. Uh, and I guess kind of a similar movie too, like playing with some similar you know tones uh of like you know grief and, and trauma and stuff um and even suicide I, even there's a yeah subject but, in that uh, movie. yeah but this movie yeah just handled it in such a better way it's much better um, it's is so much better yeah <laughs> right. i 
I could be wrong, uh, but I do think that um, that they are planning on doing sequels. I oh yeah, uh, I, okay. I might I might be maybe I'm misremembering that, but I, I thought I heard something that like oh the movie did so good that because I think they're making a big deal about it because like oh like a twenty four doesn't have like a franchise of its own really, so yeah, it's like um, this was kind of its first. I've I've got the info here. A twenty four confirmed. Talk to me. You will be getting a sequel on August eighth, twenty twenty three. As in, that's when they announced that not... Okay. <laughs> obviously, the movie didn't come out then. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, it's getting a sequel. Um, what... Um, what the sequel could be? Uh, I mean, I have to imagine it'll be a different main character. I mean, you could focus yeah. on the, the, the survivors of this movie, the family. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be opposed to that, I guess. But I think it would probably be better if it was just a completely new set of characters and it was just... I mean, you have a really... You have, like, you know... <laughs> like a, a perfect horror device with this hand that um yeah you can like kind of like throw it in lots of different like scenarios and uh, also just to yeah. point out uh the same director duo are making it so it's, it's, it's the same cool. team coming back for it so that's good so the big question though is is it gonna be talk the number two <laughs> and I, I would like to think they're classier than that. <laughs> I would like to think. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're going to disappoint me and call it that. And I'll be very upset. Especially if it's really good. Like, ah, oh, goddammit. <laughs> but if you do that, like, what are you going to do with the third one? Talk, talk three me? <laughs> that, that doesn't hey, work. <laughs> talk for me does kind of work, though. Yeah, that's not bad. Talk for me. Yeah, talk for me. That kind of works. Yeah. Uh, but um no i mean I'll, I'll be very interested yeah to to see you know uh, i mean obviously stuff gets announced all the time and then things fall through so like yeah i'm i'm always a little hesitant to be super excited about something until like i see like a trailer or whatever but um you know if, if it does come to fruition i'll be interested to see that and if not I'm, i'll just kind of be on board for whatever these directors do next yeah i mean obviously one movie's not a guarantee for any director or in this case directors mm-hmm. but like this is a really like if they had another good movie this at this level or two then they're going to get to that stage where i'm like okay now i'm just excited for whatever they do now uh yeah this is a very well directed movie and very well constructed movie and i think um that not that i wasn't expecting it to be or thought it was going to be actively bad or anything because that wasn't the case but right. I, I just didn't know what to expect and I, I think this being like sort of the debut movie from these guys mm-hmm. i think was very impressive because it, it, it's it's really confident and it really knows how to present the characters in a way that it doesn't just feel like you're because there's so many horror movies where you're in that first act and you kind of feel like okay we're doing the first act where we learn who all the family members are and mm-hmm. maybe maybe in some even some good examples still feel like they fall into the same kind of like structure and tropes of like okay here's the the teen daughter here's the younger brother mm-hmm. here's the parents and you know, we're, yeah. we're doing the getting to know them phase before the horror stuff starts. And it can feel like you're just mm-hmm. kind of waiting for the same sort of typical thing to happen. Here, it yeah. kind of felt like a very unique idea, even though you can compare it to stuff like Ouija movies or Witchboard movies. It felt mm-hmm. like it had its own spin on it. And immediately, like, the, the fact that they're all kind of enjoying doing it for a while, rather than just instantly mm-hmm. being like, oh, no, something terrible's happened. It made the terrible thing happen when it does happen way more like of a punch like maybe more of a gut Absolutely. punch so yeah uh very very good um you know what after some of the stinkers we've watched this month i think i needed <laughs> uh this 
no i mean again i feel like <clears throat> um yeah in i mean it'll be interesting you know if we do a, a best of the year or whatever because uh I, yeah i've been trying to think of like all the stuff that's come out and again like there's just there's been very few that's like really wowed me or impressed uh, I me. I mean, like, we definitely will. I think we'll probably not do it till like probably March again, just so we can mm-hmm. spend January, February like crossing off all the the other movies we should see from this year. You know, yeah. Because, not that I mean, I don't expect Exorcist Believer to make my top ten, but I mean, we have <laughs> to at least know? cross it off so we can rule it out. That's true. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's important to do those things. So, but but yeah, no, I think it really stands out in a what's been kind of a. Um, at least so far uh for me like a, a mostly mediocre year um i don't know even that rise was good scream 6 was a decent sequel um yeah that's been yeah, some this... st- stinkier stuff recently i admit but i mean i think that like you know there's never a year that's just totally bad like yes you can find a few examples of stuff that have been good but um yeah i, I just don't think that i think there's been a lot of stuff that's just been okay or fine you know like okay. um well, but I, I mean i think this definitely stands out like, uh, we've got yeah. a few months time to fit in some hopefully other good movies from 2023 and hopefully shape a for sure a reasonable top 10 so don't be too glum about it just yet i'm just saying i'm just saying you know <laughs> let's hope there's hope there's always hope right? of course of course don't be a mia don't let the grief take you okay <laughs> uh all right which i don't think is necessarily a, a surprise because i think we've had a couple of mm, uh last year was good last year was really good yeah I, I think i think we've had a couple of like pretty good years you know recently with uh you know newer horror stuff so it's i mean you know it's bound to you have like a little bit of an off year or whatever but no year is ever totally bad like there's always good examples all right let's rate the movie tell me what you given <laughs> talk to me um yeah no it, it's it's really strong uh i think you know the performances are great the you know it's paced really well it's interesting it's a you know uh new original idea um it has a lot to say there's lots but you know there's horror but then there's also you know the you know it, it's not just spooky stuff for spooky sake you know there's uh mm-hmm. there's an intent behind it that you know makes it just feel really thought out and um yeah, even like right away just from the start you feel like you're in good hands like you know visually and and whatnot uh so yeah very impressive um i think i'll go as high as why not do like an 8.5 <laughs> that's uh I, I was kind of waffling between that and an eight and um but i don't know it, it, it was very strong and I, I have very you know few complaints uh so i think uh yeah 8.5 very good yeah, I actually, I'm also going to go 8.5. It's kind of the number I had in mind. Like, I don't think I'm ready to go to the 9. I think yeah. the ending, well, I think it works really well, is probably, like, maybe my least favorite part, bizarrely. Mm-hmm. I think maybe just, like, the whole someone becomes a ghost and sees everyone else being happy because they're okay. While it mm-hmm. fits, it's still just, like, a little bit in the saccharine side, even given For the sure. tone of everything else. Um, yeah. And I think it's just a taste thing, maybe more than anything else. But I'm just never going to completely love that as a as a thing at the end. Uh, but it does make sense for the story, and everything else is so good, and it's so well handled. The character writing is so good. The performances from the actors is so natural. Um, like 
it's it puts other things to shame with just how stilted mm-hmm. and like generic some of the characters <laughs> are in a lot of other movies so yeah, yeah uh nice comfortable 8.5 for me which you know gives us an 8.5 overall between us so yeah very good um I uh, look forward to more from these directors. Probably, I mean, there's probably going to be the sequel to this first before they do anything else, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. So, very good. All right. Well, uh, that is the movie. Uh, we are nearing the end of the October thon by the time this goes out. So, <sighs> hopefully, you've been enjoying the month. Uh, there's one or mm. two left still. The, the final episode will be out in Halloween itself, of course. Mm-hmm. So, look forward to that. It is a movie that's set on Halloween. Um, <sighs> You, as per tradition yeah you may know what it is but by the time you see this but I'll, i won't reveal it though just in mm-hmm. case uh maybe it'll be a surprise but mm-hmm. uh there is a, a halloween set movie coming out on halloween but hopefully you've enjoyed october uh, there was two bonus movies on patreon this month patreon.com slash tv you can support the show help keep the lights on and you get some bonuses for your trouble including monthly bonus episodes of screams after midnight which were gone for a while because tim was on paternity leave this is the month they're mm-hmm. back we did two this month as a special october treat and then it'll be one per month starting next month. And then even more streams or other monthly Patreon bonus will be back starting in December. Uh, the reason why it's not back in November is because we're doing something that requires that recording time. <laughs> okay. So calm down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, we're, I'll just say what it is. We're, we're doing our top 100 horror movies um, <laughs> again. After six years after we did it the last time, we're redoing it uh, with a fresh like a paint. And that's going to be November's episodes is going to be all the parts of that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that sounds like fun and we will see you for that. But uh, yeah, otherwise hit the like button on YouTube. It helps out a lot. People will find the show, uh, rate the podcast on iTunes, five stars or wherever you get your podcast from. All of it does help. Thank you very much for joining us. Let us know what you think of talk to me in the comments, but we'll see you soon. Keep watching horror movies and happy nearly Halloween.